Thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and the following episode is part of a special series titled All Psyched Up About with clinical psychologist Dan McMillan. Dan holds a Master of Education in Psychology and is a clinical and counseling psychologist in the province of Alberta, Canada. Dan is currently the director of Assured Psychology, a medium-sized psychology firm based in Calgary, Alberta, situated in the Kensington area of the city. Dan has been a counselor and therapist in various settings for over 17 years. Dan McMillan spent the first half of his counseling career working primarily at Alberta Health Services with a focus on mental health and addictions. Eventually, Dan transitioned to private practice, and after finding initial success, he expanded to a group practice with an aim to provide quality mental health care to as many people as possible. While the Assured Psychology Clinic attends to a variety of concerns for counseling and assessment, the primary focus of Dan's own work is on adults and couples' mental health and well-being. Dan believes in understanding and treating the underlying causes that create mental health concerns, not just focusing on symptom relief. Dan is proud to say that his firm, Assured Psychology, also shares these values and promotes warm, competent, caring for all its clients. I hope you enjoy the All Psyched Up About series, whereby Dan McMillan will discuss and seek to unpack a variety of issues and topics around mental health. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast from whatever app you access your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and even Amazon Music. I also invite you to leave a review. This will allow others to easily find the Calgary Business Podcast, including all episodes in the All Psyched Up About series. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day. Good evening and welcome to All Psyched Up About with the clinical psychologist team from Assured Psychology here in Calgary. My name is Alan Wozniak, and joining me for episode six of All Psyched Up About is Cody Harper. Cody, good evening, and uh, please introduce yourself to our two listeners. Yeah, uh, hi, both of you. Uh, my name is Cody Harper. Uh, yeah, I've been a psychologist, uh, well, sorry, a, a social worker. So uh, I'm a social worker working with uh, Shirt Psychology. been here since 2020. Okay, so you... Did you start just when the pandemic, the pandemic, or was it before? Yeah, after? yeah that was right when the pandemic, just before it uh, started. Uh, so yeah, things were a little slow in the beginning. I'll, I'll say that much, but yeah. Well, you know, I had, in, if you had, there's one of our early episodes with, with your colleague, uh, Dave Panak, is it, did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Or Dan Panak? Yeah, I think, yeah. Because he said during, he was, we were talking about during COVID, normally, you know, you had sessions because you joined during COVID or whatever. But he says previous prior to COVID, everyone came to them for, for him for problems. And suddenly he himself, as during COVID, as a psychologist, also had to think about how to deal with uh, you know certain stresses and during COVID. So it, was, it wasn't just his clients, but him no, and absolutely. his wife. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens when you have this universal thing just happen to all of us. Uh, yeah. It's going to affect all of us. Yeah. I had a friend tell me, uh, depressing times make you depressed. So. Yeah, it's philosophical. I don't know, you know, uh, 
I mean, going back to my philosophy classes from years ago, but look, let's, we have a heavy agenda and I know you've got a lot to talk about today's title. Do you want to introduce the title or do you want me to say it? Cause I think you can say it better than me. Yeah, sounds good. So the topic today was how to stay present during life stress. Um, and present is an interesting word. I guess we can get into what that means. Oh, Christmas um, is coming. No, Christmas is coming soon. Hey, so yeah. do you mean like exactly. presents that you're going to get? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, in the presents you give yourself. No, it'd be presence in terms of, uh, well, so it's a buzzword that's used a lot. Um, and, you know, sometimes it sounds like one of those words that you know, you'd hear Brene Brown hear, uh, say, or you'd hear like on the internet and you're like, okay, that sounds like a, you know, therapist lingo. But the, yeah. the word is, yeah, the word is mindfulness. And mindfulness has a lot of, uh, a lot of meaning. It also has a lot of miscommunication about what it means. Right. Um, and a lot of times people think, okay, mindfulness, that sounds like, you know, my, my therapist is telling me to do yoga. They're telling me to sit in a lotus position, and <laughs> astral project into the sky as I meditate. And that's not what it is. Yeah. Mindful, mindfulness is your ability to stay present in the, in the present moment. And, and connect with that present moment uh, rather than getting lost in the nightmare of your brain. You know, before you get it, cause there's, I know we have, you have a lot to talk about, but you really sure. brought me to, cause baseball, the world series just happened recently. You're finished and, and uh, you know, the, the Astros won it, but more important, I, I read a book during COVID and it was on mm -hmm. the elite athletes and exactly what you're saying. And he's a baseball coach and a scout. Yeah. And ba basically David Angeron wrote about this, how elite athletes can stay in the moment or being present and particularly at the plate, because if they're not that the 90 mile an hour fastball coming at them, they're not going to see it. And it's like, it, he, he literally, and I'm, I'm giving you that context, but it's literally was when, when you told me about the title and you, you talked about that, it took me there. And I was during yeah. the baseball, I kept thinking about that, like that. I wanted to bring this up to you to talk to you about that. Cause literally they can slow the pitch down. I, sure. I, I can't understand it because I could never hit when I was 14 years old. I quit literally, but I guess that, you know, just that's to that they're present. Those base, but the elite athletes are present. Yes, they are. Uh, some of them are, I mean, so there's, there's actually <laughs> that, uh, there's that concept in uh, the Olympics, they call it choking, right? That's where like, you've got a person who's trained for this literally 30 years or 20 yeah. years, that kind of thing, right? And then they get up to the plate and they have every, they have every muscle just fine-tuned to this one thing, but they overthink it, right? you know? And when we overthink it, we're not in the present, are we? We're, we're stuck inside our brain. We're stuck inside this kind of, uh, you know, what-if scenario that we keep running through our, our heads. No, I, I, so you, it just depends on your work that you must do. So you work with individuals and couples or yep. a variety of people? groups do yeah, yeah. Groups? individuals couples uh i i have done groups a long time ago i i don't offer a group session I, it is something i'm thinking about doing later on um yeah currently i'm just working uh with individuals and couples um one of the major uh yeah tenants that i use is, is mindfulness and really just understanding that uh, um you know a lot of times the stress that we're generating is uh a lot of that is in our it's coming from inside. It's coming yeah. from a place of worry, you know, worrying about what ifs, worrying about the future. Now, I, I know because you, you're going to talk about good and bad stress, but I want to, sure. people have stresses. And I think 
this isn't necessarily a personal problem because if you had a group, I'm just because I'm playing this out on a business yeah. side, because this is the Calgary or part of the Calgary Business Podcast in my the people I've had on the and it's always that business, and that a lot of it can benefit others. So I know in yes. a group session or therapy, you know, it's 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 almost like if you're all dealing with stresses but of different varieties, I think it would for them to hear what other people, you know, it's it I, I know there's confidentiality and the border on that, but geez, yeah. you know, that stresses well, people. It's universal uh, in many yeah. ways, uh, you know, and I think uh, it's also deeply personal, um, you know, and a lot of times the stress that, so, I mean, maybe this is where I can get into the difference between good stress and bad stress, you know, like you have stress uh, simply by being alive. Uh, in fact, a lot of times, so there's this actual, there's this concept, it's called anti-fragility, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners know about this. This is a concept where if you actually place stress on a system, it, it actually gets better, it gets stronger. You know, our bones are very much like that. Um, so in a lot of times, stress can be very beneficial because what you're doing is exercising. Uh, yeah. You know, your muscle gets gets stronger that way. Um, and the reason why stress can come become bad is when it starts becoming more long-term. It starts to put your health at risk um, and it's taking too much time and energy. You're, you're uh, um, mulling over it. You're, you're worrying about it too much. And a lot of times what that actually does is it's just generating more stress. Well, so I like the good, I like the analogy of the good, the good stress and bad stress, but the good stress, there's a book called joyous stress. I remember reading it years ago and it talked about how the elderly in, in countries like Georgia and, and, and really were the, were the young folks would put the stress on them, meaning as they aged, their wisdom mm -hmm. would be, would be sought upon. Uh, for yeah. whatever reasons and they they stayed they had some of the longevity uh, exactly uh, in life yeah yeah it kept it kept them active kept yeah. them doing things kept them thinking i mean this is the other thing about uh you know challenging yourself growing but also staying um you know like when you're when you're trying to learn something you don't learn anything if you're not stressed right you don't you don't uh, grow if you're not stressed uh, there's the there's the whole uh, analogy of like the lobster you know, a lobster, in order for it to grow out of its shell, it actually has to break that carapace <laughs> and crawl out, right? And it comes yeah. out, you know, but it won't know that it needs to break out of that shell unless it's uncomfortable. It has it's to incredible. be uncomfortable, yeah, literally to, to break out of that shell, so. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard about that, but, uh, you know, I, it's actually, I, I can understand that. But let's, so let's go back. So the good stress, is there, I mean, did you study this? Or is it, you know what I'm saying? Is there, a, where people just study stress? I, yeah, I didn't study it specifically. It's more like one of those things you just learn uh, because of how universal it is uh, to almost everything that we do as a therapist, yeah. you know, uh, especially dealing with things like anxiety and depression. One of the things about anxiety, and, you know, not to go too far on a tangent on this, anxiety and depression is very much about a a stress response that is that is too prolonged the the arc of that stress response is happening way too long a lot of people you get stressed you come out the other end and you keep going whereas depression and anxiety there's just this very very long prolonged stress response and it's very yeah. difficult to get out the other end of okay. um, and that would be an example of say like bad stress where it compounds itself you know you've got uh you got chronic levels of stress. And of course, and, and this is kind of moving to the next point here, this idea of uh, cortisol. Cortisol is one of the most important hormones that our body produces. It, you know, normal le levels are very healthy. It's actually required uh, for you to wake up in the morning. 
uh, you, you'll have cortisol flooding your system when you wake up in the morning because that's part of it. But if you get uh, stressed for prolonged periods of time, or if you find yourself in a state of mind where you are stressing yourself out, your body's flooded with cortisol. Now, cortisol is one of those hormones that you you would be flooded with that if a truck was about to hit you. But if you take the blood levels of somebody who has depression and they're just sitting there, it's almost the exact same level, right? Wow. They're just filled, filled with this cortisol. That's that, like the adrenaline rush. Is that from cortisol then? Is that what that is? In a way, yeah. Yeah, there's other, you know, so you have uh, epinephrine, you have, um, you know, adrenaline, of course. These are all stress hormones that essentially, you know, allow you to snap into that fight or flight response. Yeah. You know, so, so you can actually, so your muscles start moving, you start breathing. Um, it's, it's almost like uh, in Star Trek, they're redirecting all the energy to the, to the engines right there. Right. You know, <laughs> but the just... problem is, okay, that, that, that's actually leading to another point here. So you have this massive stress response, all of that energy is being diverted to the engines, but now it's being taken away from my immune system. It's being taken away from my ability to digest food or to, um, you know, even, even to think properly, to think, you know, yeah. long term, that kind of thing. So let's go back to the court. So is it, is it any link to cortisone, like a cortisone shot? Is it similar? I mean, the cortisone shots for pain um, and so forth, but, or is it just, right. just happens to be similar? See, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. So I, yeah, I don't want to, you know, yeah, I'm not a, not a doctor, but I'm, at a, the doc- same time, I'm not a doctor, not a Jim. Doctor. Yeah. But the, the other thing is that, uh, you know, the, these are sort of steroids, right? And yeah. steroids is it's a form of a glucocorticoid. Um, so cortisol, would have been, or sorry, what did you call it? Corta? Well, cortisone shot. Like you always, like, that's a, zone, yeah. I guess it's yeah. a hormone. I mean, I don't want to get into that because it's like, yeah. it just thought, because it's sort of those to help the body. And this sounds like you're, it's helping your body make a reaction, create a reaction in a positive sense, but too much cortisol, it sounds from what you're saying, it's too, yeah. cro- it'll be chronic and it's not good. So, yeah. You know, these chronic levels, essentially what you're doing is taxing your entire system. Um, and yeah, and it and it, uh, it 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 wreaks havoc on you, um, you know. And th- that's what it is when people are depressed or anxious, or when they are going through massive amounts of grief or things like that. A lot of cortisol flooding through their bodies. Um, it is a you know it's very much a biological response, and it's very you know it's very real. Uh, you know, so for anyone anyone listening who thinks that it's all in their head, uh, let me assure you that it is not. That there's a lot more going on there than it just being in someone's head. So let's, I mean, let's take a scenario and if you, if you can share with a non, like a non-confidential wise, but respecting sure. confidentiality, but just what would be, I mean, how would you do, doc? I mean, you're not a doctor, but I mean, you're a bricklayer, obviously, but, yeah. but literally people come in to talk. I've, I've just got this chronic, it just can't get rid of it. How, what would you say? I mean, maybe you need to know more, but I mean, just, do you have some thoughts on, on that, where that get that bad stress out of your system? And that, I guess it goes back to being present and I'm sure you're going to go there. Yeah, in a way. Um, so like, there are many different ways to deal with stress. So this would just be one of them, I think, because a lot of times, you really need to attend to those avenues of your life that are causing you stress. Like if you're in a relationship that's highly abusive, no amount of uh, mindfulness is going to get you out of that, you know, or if you're in a job where, where the, you know, it's just a toxic environment, you've got a really terrible boss or something like that, you know, and it, you hear this a lot in corporate, um, you know, in, in corporate sectors, oh, we, you know, we're training our, our people in mindfulness or whatever, and they're not addressing the actual problems that are going on. Um, but if if I had a client come in 
didn't have an abusive relationship, didn't have a problem with their job, anything like that, but they're still really struggling with chronic stress. My guess is, is what they are doing is something called rumination. Now, rumination is what I call worry without action. Essentially, it's just you're just sitting there and kind of role playing in your head. All right. of the different ways, and I'm, and I'm sure everyone here knows what I'm talking about, is this idea that the, you know, there's there's an unpleasant feeling that I'm having, and my brain is now trying to solve that problem. How do I get out of this? You know, and and the problem with rumination, see, and there's, there's a good way of kind of looking at a problem. That's where, like, you know, you're actually standing up, you're actually doing something, you're actually planning, you're actually making uh, steps towards, you know, changing something. But if you're just sitting there, and uh like for example let's say you had a really awkward encounter with somebody that you that you were attracted to and you're just thinking about oh what an idiot i was like how could right. i have done this right and you just start thinking about all of the things you should have said you start thinking about how dumb you are you start think wondering if you're attractive wondering if maybe you'll ever see you know romance ever again that would be rumination that that's to the point where you're um in many ways you're not even technically thinking you're you're just role playing in the well, your thoughts are controlling from what you're what you're saying the thoughts are controlling controlling you controlling you because they're going over and over in your head versus and i guess and i'm, I'm going to put that you back to you is i guess that's that's where you got to you got to find something to redirect your thoughts and is that be and that would be being present with the with yeah, contact with the present moment. I've always, yeah, this is something that I've been, you know, so maybe it's my opinion on this because <laughs> there maybe, maybe there is another way of, of, of dealing with rumination, but I find this is the most useful technique that I've ever used that my clients has ever used where you first, you have to recognize you're ruminating in the first place. Yeah. Um, and that's, that can be difficult. Sometimes it's like, I don't even realize it, you know, like, uh, you, you, it'll feel really, really important that you got to figure out everything that's wrong about you in this one moment because of this awkward conversation you had with this girl. So yeah, I got I to gotta pick myself apart. And in, in that moment, it might feel really important like you're supposed to do that. That's a good sign that you're ruminating. This is a and, Seinfeld. This, I, I'm sorry, you're bringing me to yeah. George. This is a Seinfeld. Every time they oh, overthought, George, you know, every single episode George, was an overthinking. George, yeah. Costanza would probably be like textbook ruminator. That that's yeah. a perfect example of someone who ruminates. And and you see how he messes his life up because of that, right? His <laughs> ruminations often lead to him making these wildly um, uh, incorrect assumptions about things. You know, I, I th you know, his dad. His dad tried it, and so this is what the yeah. thing to get out of it was like serenity now. And then he was, you know, this whole thing, right. And that was one of those mindfulness tactics to get him out of it. Yeah. But of course he just yeah. threw that out the bathwater at the end. He just, it was, it was done. That's right. Well, and uh, okay. That's, that's actually bringing up a really good point. And this is something that is frustrating about mindfulness. I will admit that because mindfulness is not an escape from that initial feeling of discomfort. And it can't be. Um, that's the problem with it is that, you know, a lot of times what we're trying to do is escape that feeling. Like yeah. maybe that feeling is shame or that feeling is guilt or that feeling is fear. And we're thinking, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Uh, problem is you are feeling that way. Yeah. And the more you try and fight that, the more you try and run from it, the more you try and hide from it, uh, a lot of times what that's doing is it's struggling. And so when your brain goes into this thinking mode, 
of trying to solve the problem of my of my anxiety or trying to solve the problem of my shame it's actually just generating more anxiety and shame wow i mean there's a there's a question i've asked my clients before like if uh, uh you know let's say and i'll ask you this alan if uh you you're in covered wagon times you're riding along it's like you're going to oregon and you come across a river and you got to get across the river how would you solve that problem and this this isn't a trick question it's just sort of like okay whatever whatever idea you want well, I I would look for what you know where the you know there's a weak point or slow point or somewhere like yeah. upstream downstream. Obviously, you'd want to go upstream because if you got to come back, if you do, you know, if you're gonna flow yeah, back, yeah, no, you know, I like that. You'd want to go yeah. upstream because if you go downstream, you got to make your way back up. But so I mean, right. I would look for something on the shore where I think the river mouth kind of widens too as you go downstream too, right? Yeah, you know, so that depends. But we did have a choice. We did have a going back to my days of working in Kazakhstan. It was called the BG Challenge, and I literally it was just it was in it was a post I made the other day, not too long yeah. ago. We had to do, but we couldn't speak. But we had to cut. We had to take the. We had to build a raft and go across the river, which was very fast flowing, and we weren't allowed okay. to speak. And somebody yeah. in the thing said, "Got that? You know, we'll flow down and then get to the other side." And it was literally mm -hmm. that. It was a similar problem. So we did have that problem. We won the right. challenge. Um, but anyway, go. so yeah, you it really takes you. You need to think. You just because well, if you just well, this is it. It's it's like you have you were given this problem and your brain just did like three things and they're very simple questions. They said, your brain asked, where am I now? The second question is, where do I want to be? And the third question was, where do I not want to be? So it's like, yeah, I don't, I want to be across the river. I want to get this stuff done. If you apply that thinking to a, an external problem. Yeah. That, I mean, that's why. So this is interesting. This, so this is why our species has, the best technology we have the best medicine right now you know like um lowest ro rates of poverty in the history of our species stuff like this we've got this amazing problem solving brain and yet we also have the highest rates of anxiety depression and suicide uh in the history of our species as well and i would argue that it's the exact same thinking process that's doing both it's just the difference is the problem yeah. so if i'm applying this thinking logic to an external problem I can find a solution. If I'm trying to apply this thinking logic to what's wrong with me, there is no solution. Right. So then I'm like, hey, that's yeah. absolutely incredible because I'm going back to the, you know, the accountants, going back to my days of working as an auditor and coming, we come up with all kinds of lists of, you know, how to help the company. Yet oftentimes the accountant is the worst with his money or, you know, the, the, the problems. <laughs> I don't mean it. In, I'm just, it's been like, right, right, our own house. Wasn't even in order yet. We're, we're representing that they should, you know, the client should do this and that. But so, yeah, I, I, it's incredible though that, like, that's mm -hmm. it. We can solve complex problems well, and in the lab, whatever. Complex problems, but like you try and apply that same logic to, you know, what's wrong with me. So now I ask, uh, where do I want to be? Well, I don't want to be here right now. I want to be where I was in the past. It's like, well, uh, what's and you notice how like if I answer all three of those questions, yeah, I haven't answered anything. I haven't found any solutions, have I? What have I done instead? You avoid it. It's avoid. It's avoid well, I've, I've generated more anxiety. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what the answers are. Um, and then your brain also. So this is another real big problem with this software we have between our ears. It has a negative bias, and that's an evolutionary thing. So it's like if I'm if I'm a caveman and there's a little rustle in the bro uh, bushes, 
it's it's far more evolutionarily adaptacious for me to assume that that's a lion rather than my buddy right and that's unfortunately <laughs> how our brains work when it comes to solutions or when it comes to you know trying to figure out the question of what's wrong with me it's going to say well if you don't figure this out you're going to wind up you know on the streets you know doing drugs and you won't be able to you know and your family will hate you and you know and really what you're doing is something called catastrophizing in that place you're just kind of going to the worst case scenario yeah all of this stuff is is rumination this is where you have to stop yourself by first recognizing i'm not actually solving anything in this mode of thinking right now so then the question is what what do i do next <laughs> what else do i do and the answer can be frustrating you know i want to go when I yeah. want to go back to that because I do know, I mean, just going back to sort of the corporate times and get away from that email. Don't send the email. We'll give your time, give your time. It's, it's getting away for a moment, but coming back before. So mm -hmm. it's that kind of flight or fight, but it's, I want to go back mm -hmm. to the mindfulness because I think it helps calm sure. if you're stressed. Well, I mean, again, yeah. this is, yeah. if you've got a stressor today at work, let's say, and there's an email and you're like, oh, and you just fired it off. It's the, you know, the, the cortisone or cortisol is in your body is charging you up. But if you take that time to 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 be in the present, not look at that, but it's not running away from it. But I think that does help if you come back and solve the problem in a more clear head. I but suppose, yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I think what you're talking about there is finding out the difference between, you know, what a uh, what do I have to do, and if that is stressing me, you know, and that yeah. could be answering an email, it could be answering an email to a boss. So yeah, that's stressful. But then there's another thing that I'm doing, which is what am I making this mean? You know, if I answer this email incorrectly, will I lose my job? If I answer this email in a bad way or something like that, that's the bad stress. That's the stress that's not really going to help. Yeah. It's it's the stuff that, you know, I mean, who knows? There there might be some there might be some benefit to understanding, okay, I should word this correctly. I shouldn't add this letter, this letter, that kind of thing. But if it gets to a point where it's been an hour and you still haven't sent the email, good good sign that you're ruminating. So you asked using mindfulness to sort of reduce that stress. Is that what you said? Yeah. And I guess the, the key here is to really realize first off, first and foremost, you're never going to eliminate all of the stress. And I guess that's why I kind of started with this idea of good stress. Um, mindfulness is not an escape from that initial stress, uh, stressor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, what it is, is it's to prevent yourself from going down that rabbit hole. Uh, into it into a tailspin of, of uh, all of this rumination um, and a lot of times what that's attempting to do and and I guess this leads to my next point here this uh, what we're trying to do is avoid how we really feel in those moments and I love one of my favorite quotes that I've heard recently was um, anxiety does not determine your life it's our attempts to not feel anxiety that will determine our life all of these coping mechanisms, all of these things that I'm trying to do to avoid feeling the way that I'm feeling right now. So, for example, if I don't want to answer that email, you know, because I'm feeling that anxiety, well, then I'm going to cope with it by avoiding it, by procrastinating yeah. or by, you know, by spending way too long trying to word it correctly. You know, that kind of thing. Um, instead of what what mindfulness would say is uh, what, what mindfulness practitioners would say is feel it. Feel the anxiety, but don't fuse to it. Don't, you know, don't let it hook you. Find a way to experience it, but not in a way that 
drags your thoughts into this nightmare, into this into this form of rumination, right? So instead of uh, okay, and and I can I can come up with uh, I can let you know like some techniques of how to do that. Oh no, but 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 I first of all I wanted to say that you must be doing incredible work. I got to imagine helping because I I know where this is going because you're going to give some techniques, but it's not techniques, just how to think about it. But I got to imagine you guys are doing amazing or I'll just, I'll just give you Cody, like literally that to help somebody with how to get out of that rumination, like how to get that, you know, just a quick thing. But I I just want the reason I like the mindfulness is because literally it's, it it can so present. Like I remember listening, we're sitting there doing a yoga and it was a yoga. It was stretches, but, we're looking up at the trees and it was the five things you could hear. Right. Right. It's incredible. It just took me away. It wasn't, it wasn't, I was trying to get away from stress, but it was incredible Mm -hmm. how it, my, Mm -hmm. my focus was over there and I Mm -hmm. I picked up every little set. What was going on? It was incredible. So I got, I'm just saying, I feel that there's a, I just, from what, you know, knowing that those stresses that people face, wherever they, wherever they are, how helpful you can be the real work you guys are doing. So I wanted to say that because that's my that was that's what my thought was when you're talking about how to get out of this rumination just keeps going over Mm -hmm. and over. Yeah. And, you know, and 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 I will say this, it's not easy. You know, in fact, the easy thing to do is to continue ruminating. Uh, Well, easy in the short term, not in the long term. Uh, I have a bad uh, ruminate. Is that I have a bad ruminate when I was in college? Is that the same? Oh, no. How's a ruminate? Yeah. Ruminating about your roommate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you if you can even think of the of that horrible emotion as being in your house, you know, or being in your in your apartment. Uh, in fact, I've heard it described like this before. Like if, uh, the myth is that we can control our emotions. That right. is a myth. You cannot control emotions. Uh, for example, don't think of a pink bear. Bear. Yeah. And uh, you couldn't help that. And that's the thing. And a lot of people beat themselves up. Ah, why did I think of a pink bear? Um, or why am I thinking so horribly about myself? Why do I think that I'm not worth anything? Why do I think this? Well, it's just that those emotions are coming out and it's like a bad roommate just running through your house, like just, just barging in and you can't stop it. You can't, the more you, the more you focus on how bad it is that this roommate's in your apartment, the worse it's going to feel. Uh, um, there's a guy named, yeah, uh, Sorry, his name escapes me at the moment, but he he talked about something called a struggle switch. It's like if I have a little switch in my brain and there's an on and an off to it and it has the word struggle over top of it, right? So if, if my struggle switch is on and I have this horrible feeling, now I am struggling against that. I don't want to feel this feeling. I don't want to feel this. So now I have anxiety about my anxiety. And wow. now I have now I have anger about my anxiety. And then I have depression about my anger about my anxiety. But if I turn that switch off, okay, I have the anxiety. That's not going anywhere. And in fact, that it wasn't going anywhere in the first place. But now I'm sitting with it. Now I'm going to allow it to to exist with me for this moment. And this is the other thing is it feels like, you know, I should be doing something. Oh, I should be fighting this. That's actually what's going to generate more anxiety. So, I mean, this is why the answer can be so frustrating here. Because it'll sound like I'm saying do nothing. Um, but in fact, what you're doing is you're engaging. You're you're you are being active. You're not passively accepting that this is happening to you. You're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Active accepting. I feel anxious right now. Um, and 
one thing you will notice is that first, it does not last forever because it can't. It's going to end. It has to end. So now I can ride through that. What this is doing, and I, I've often used this analogy, it's like uh, when you don't exercise a muscle, what happens to it? Atrophy. It atrophies, right? Yeah. If you think about your relationship to these really bad feelings as a muscle, if you aren't engaging with it, if you aren't you know, forming a better relationship with it, then that relationship is atrophy. And so now when I'm forced to feel anxiety, let's say you know my mom dies or something like that it's overwhelming it's this massive and you know yeah. intense feeling that i can't control you know or i can't control my my reaction to it well that's where it get, that that's where it gets over it rolls over and over because then as you said you're getting stressed you're getting angry everything's focused on that your your focus is all on that and you're not solving right. the problem i mean it sounds a lot of times so that there's this concept called acceptance in 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 mindfulness and acceptance gets uh, misconstrued a lot with this, you know, the idea of like, I'm going to surrender to it, or I'm going to, you know, just let it happen. And, and that's not really what that is. It's understanding that a lot of times you can't change the emotion. You can't fight that. You have to really yeah. just kind of get in touch with it and understand that it's there and feel it uh, and understand that it's also just an emotion. It's not you. It's not all of you. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. But, but this goes back to some of the stuff that Dan McMillan, we were talking about that, you know, the, 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 there's the good and bad stresses. And he, he, he talked a lot about that and recognize, recognizing, I don't know if that's part of the, 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 your next part of this, but he was, it's literally just understanding. I think that's because he called the badger and the, uh, the wolver or the badger and the turtle. One's yeah. kind of going one way and one's going the other way. But recognizing who's who and helping to you know, to say how do you you know how, the the counter of that the opposite of how to mm -hmm. deal with someone who's flight or fight or someone who's burying their head in the sand and it's incredible like mm -hmm. I, I think you're onto something that's very important I I'm not the I'm definitely not the expert and I haven't studied this but it you're really touching on you know points that are so they're they cross into other areas of people's lives whether it's relationships think, yeah. yeah. I think they're fairly universal. I mean, that's why I use this in my couples counseling as much as my uh, individual counseling. Yeah. Because it's very much, uh, I mean, this is this is another aspect that you can bring into this where let's say I'm having an argument with my partner and, and I'm feeling very, you know, hurt by them and feeling like they're attacking me or whatever, right? I'm always quick to say, okay, your partner isn't actually making you feel anything unless they're literally abusing you, unless they've got like unless they're physically or, you know, like emotionally abusing you and, and manipulating you. If they're just explaining what they're, what, how they feel or what's going on and you suddenly feel disappointed or you feel like you're being attacked, technically they're not doing that to you. That's coming from you. Yeah. It's coming from inside of you. And it, it's probably also coming from that atrophied muscle of your relationship to those feelings. That's incredible. The analogy. I mean, that analogy works, right? That, if the muscle's working, it's going to get bigger. It's going to bulge up. I mean, if you take Rafa, Rafa Nadal, I don't know if you ever see that he's, his left arm, he's a tennis, you know, tennis uh, 20 times uh, over world champion. His left arm is bigger than his right arm. He's a left-handed. Like a little, it's noticeable, right? So he really yeah. works that muscle. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's it. It's uh, if you, if you work, uh, so if you allow yourself to experience these emotions without trying to stop them, 
yeah. without and, and you know you can even take this into the realm of of uh being with your partner trying to stop them from feeling the way that they're feeling well how about we just stick with it how about, how about we just feel it you know that's yeah. actually that brings me to a bit of a side tangent here it's like when you hear a lot of partners say like that you know uh when they try to fix their partner's feelings you know like where they're like well i'm a fixer you know and then the other partner saying i don't want solutions i don't want you to fix me well, this is what they're talking about yeah you know the idea of trying to stop someone from feeling the way that they're feeling that's actually going to generate more anxiety isn't it that's like road rage or you know someone says you cut me off and you get you get to the office it they literally it stays with you all day and that person didn't even know that they cut you off and you're at the office you're telling everybody at the coffee it was i it literally goes and it stays with you all day that emotion i like that analogy, I like that analogy a lot because well yeah because you you said too it's like this person could have cut you off for a million and one reasons there could you know and they don't even know who you are they don't even know your face no except and i'm bringing this into my workroom and i'm bringing this into my day probably because i'm feeling something i'm feeling this person disrespected me you can start to ask yourself okay when did i feel disrespected before when have i ever felt disrespected i've probably felt disrespected many times in my life yeah. now i'm bringing that into this you know and now how much power am i giving this other driver this person i don't even know what he looks like you know how much power am I giving? Them it just it consumes you till the end of the day. And you're still, you get home and you're, I cannot believe that guy. But meanwhile, that guy, the guy hasn't, he, he probably didn't know. And, and he or she probably didn't exactly. know, but it's incredible how that can just consume you. That's, I think, is that room? That's rumination. That's rumination. That would My be roommate is taking me. Room. Yeah, My roommate's you're, you're in, room. in the car with me. Are you in the car? With, stop That's ruminating. Right. No, you're not, I'm not, you know, right. you're bringing that buddy with you, but you know, literally yeah. you could probably make a, so Daniel made Daniel McMillan made a cartoon out of it, a five minute. I right. think this your ruminating could be your ruminate ruminate roommate. Could be your com- room your bad roommate. Yeah. Good way to describe it. I love this. This is incredible. Yeah. yeah. I, I just thought you you guys should work together. You should collab on a on, <laughs> on a rumination uh, thing. But it really does yeah. work, right? That that well, person's with I you mean, all the time. It that's how it happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and if you're unaware that it's even going on. So, and th- so this is this is really what mindfulness is all about, being aware that it's even happening, being present yeah. Yeah. in that stress and knowing that it's even happening. You know, there's that joke, two fish swim up to one another and one says, how's the water? And the other one says, what's water? Right. He didn't, he didn't realize he's in water. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, but so if I if I'm if I'm stuck in this viewpoint of myself as being disrespected, you know, nobody respects me. Nobody, you know, I feel like I'm a loser. And then this person cuts me off in traffic. That's how I'm going to take it. Yeah. But let's say I'm having a great day. Let's say I'm feeling like, you know, I'm actually fine with who I am. And I don't feel like I'm disrespected. Or if somebody disrespects me, I don't really care. And then that guy cuts me off. I'm probably going to go, whoa, and then keep driving. I say, hey, buddy, buddy, see ya. It's incredible that your yeah. mood, so that you pay, coming into that, you know, I guess it also mm-hmm. depends. And then, but does that take us, I think that takes us. starting with you know? Because that would take you to the next point then and how to stop ruminating because it it, it yeah. really does depend. Because if you're in a really good mood, you probably won't ruminate. But if, you, if you're in a bad mood or good, bad stress. Yeah. When you got it, you got to realize that first you're in that mood in the first place. And of course, that's the water that that fish was talking about. It's like if you don't know that you're in that in that mode of thinking, if you don't know that you're in that funk, then it's just going to feel like destiny. It's going to feel like fate that everything's going wrong today um so yeah uh 
there's two uh there's two things that we can talk about like two acronyms that i have yeah. uh and i heard the first one more recently so maybe i'll start with that one so it's um when you notice that they're having these kind of feelings like maybe your heart's pounding or maybe feeling anxious or you're feeling pissed off or something like that can i say that on this i think we can we're uh okay. i don't have <laughs> Very upset, yeah. but yes, you could, I probably could say that. Okay, very, very upset. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so the acronym here is RAIN, R-A-I-N. Um, so R would stand for first recognize, and, and that's what we've been talking about here. Recognize first you're in that state. You're in this state of, um, well, I guess you could call it stress. Yeah. Uh, A stands for allow. And allow doesn't mean that you are... You know, you're submitting to it, that you're weak, that you're, you know, that you're just taking it on the chin. What allow means is that you're saying, okay, this is where we're at. This is what I'm feeling. This is giving yourself permission, permission to record, because you recognize it and you're giving yourself permission to recognize that. No to self, you know, no to self. It's okay. You're stressed. Like literally that's what it is, right? No to self. Yeah. Well, you can say to yourself, like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm so angry right now. A mindful person say there's anger. You know, or there's anxiety, you know, like there it is. It's right there. And, uh, you know, and allowing that to be there. A, uh, so that was R, that was A. So then I stands for investigate. Investigate really means, you know, where is this coming from? What am I making this mean? What am I making this mean about myself? Um, you know, I, I've, I've said this, you know, maybe this is a little strange to say, but I, I think we're fourth dimensional beings in this, in this way. It's like we're carrying a lot of the stuff from childhood into our adult lives you know so if somebody cuts me off in traffic and i feel disrespected well i can ask myself when have i felt disrespected before probably at a time when i don't know my dad didn't listen to me or made me feel dismissed or something like that and i'm bringing that into this present moment right yeah and then end ends. you did bring star trek so i could understand the fourth dimension right you brought star trek up you're in the fourth dimension. What world were you in? <laughs> oh, I, I'm a Trekkie through and through, so <laughs> we could talk about that for hours. Um, no, and then uh, N, N stands for nurture. And nurture doesn't mean that you, you know, that you coddle yourself or anything like that. It's really giving yourself that sense of grace, that sense of forgiveness for even going there in the first place. It's understanding that a lot of times these emotions that you're feeling uh, they come from a pretty old place in you. They come from an early, early spot in your childhood. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, these emotions that you're experiencing, like, like yeah, I like picking on this disrespected thing. That's a good thing to look at. If I feel disrespected and I felt disrespected before, maybe the way that I learned how to deal with feeling disrespected was to be angry, was to yell at somebody, you know, was to start swearing and all of that. Maybe because I watched my dad do that or I watched my mom do that. Yeah. You know, and so now I'm doing that as an adult. Nurture in this sense means like you look at that and you say, okay, that was a, that was survival. That was a way for me to emotionally survive those moments. The problem is, is now I'm using that same technique in, in a co- totally different context when I don't that's right. need to. You know, so uh, understanding that that's it, it's coming from a place that's very real. It's coming from a place that was trying to protect you in the beginning, but now you don't need it. So let the rain fall. The rain will fall. This is literally let the rain fall and you and, and let it let the chips fall where they feel, may. Feel the rain. Yeah, feel the rain. Yeah. So that's that first acronym. The second one, um, it's one that 
that we've used. So I, I'm, I have training in acceptance and commitment therapy, which is a mindfulness-based therapy. This is one of the acronyms that we've used before too. So A-C-E or ACE. Um, A stands for accept. And that's, that's similar to this idea of recognizing and allowing. Um, where I, I accept the fact, radically accept, that this is how I'm feeling in this moment. I don't try and fight it. You know, I don't try and tell myself I shouldn't feel this way because you do feel this way. Yeah. You know? um, actually, maybe I should say too, this, this second acronym here, ACE, this is more of a technique. So this is a technique called dropping anchor. Or it's kind of a, a grounding technique. So you notice yourself feeling really worked up. You're feeling really anxious or you're feeling some emotion that's really uncomfortable. You go through this, this acronym. So A standing for accept. I accept how I'm feeling in this moment. C is the next step which is check in or come into your body. So this is where you start noticing every single physiological sensation that you're experiencing in this state of anxiety or this state of feeling disrespected or something like that, right? Is my breathing way high in my chest? You know, uh, an interesting one to look at, what are what's my face doing? What are my facial muscles doing right now? Sometimes they're all squished up and stuff like that, right? Um, are my fists clench? Are, you know, do is my throat wow. really dry? Is my, is my mouth really dry? Um, but also noticing other sensations that you're feeling, feeling the, the, the chair hold your, your butt up, you know, feeling your, the, uh, the soles of your feet on the ground and you kind of scan each one. You notice what you're doing here instead of ruminating, you're staying with the present moment. You're, I was just going to say, you're focusing on some, the, the, how you're feeling, right. you're focusing, you're directing your attention, not about your thoughts, but down somewhere else. It literally Correct. is. Yeah, to the to the experience that you're having, rather than trying to fight it, just saying, "Okay, this is what I'm experiencing." And then E E stands for engage with the outside world. This is kind of what you mentioned too when you're doing yoga and you're just like, "Okay, name five things," that kind of thing. That's what this is. It's like looking around, seeing where you're at, listening to the room, you know, uh, smelling the room, noticing the feeling of, um, you know, the air in the room and 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 any sounds you can hear outside. What this is doing is it's it's preventing you from falling into that trap of rumination. So you instead of falling into the the whole problem solving, I gotta you know I gotta get out of this. It's about staying present in that. And what you will notice is that emotion should really only last about five minutes. That's that's the statistic. Is it should only last about five minutes max. Yeah. If it's lasting longer than that, guess what you're doing? Ruminating. That's right. My ruminators come back. My ruminators come back to haunt me. Right. I love it. Right. Come, we got Cody. We have to do this with Daniel. But I, I mean, in all seriousness, sure. this is this is incredible stuff. But it seems it's simple yet not simple, right? Because people would, you know, would if, if this was so simple, it, everyone it would do it. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, like the uh, especially in you know, uh, if you're if you're more of like business, you know, you work in business you work in like you know you, you think of guys who like work at wall street or you, you know anybody who works in, in finance or something like that it's go 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 right yeah it's solve problems and there's it, it creates that kind of mindset for, for for people especially men you know this this feeling of like i gotta solve the problem i gotta get this done i gotta get this done and then this idea of just sitting in your emotions <laughs> feels ridiculous it feels like it's not going to do anything right well i didn't yeah. Come on, the Jack Jack Handy. I don't know if you know Jack Handy. You know, there's an is a is Saturday Night Live where he's yeah, yeah, he'd look yeah. in the mirror, he'd hold the mirror. I like myself. I'm good enough. Like, 
I mean, I know it's funny because they make jokes of, but it's, these are serious things. Like if, if you just did that, it might make yourself chuckle in your head if you're doing something yeah. silly like that. And it, well, keep but, in mind too, if, if you're looking in the mirror and you're saying you're amazing, you're the greatest person and all of that, what are you actually doing? You're distracting yourself from the way that you feel in that moment, aren't you? Yeah. And that's, that's why, why people get frustrated or why they make jokes about that idea. You know, the, the power of positive psychology and all of that. It, and it's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it's ridiculed for a reason because what that is also doing is totally avoiding the experience yeah. and it's ignoring Back to your point. what's actually yeah. You made that point earlier yeah. about avoiding it. You're really just, you're just deflecting and you're not, you know, you're not dealing and you're, with it. And you, that muscle is going to atrophy. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this, yeah. the, to rain check, well, you've said check. That's one of the, but you take a rain check. I mean, those two together, race, racing yeah, and raining. Check. Yeah. It's racing and raining. Like out. But, you know, there's a rain because the check-in come into your body. But like, I like how, I mean, are your client, like you said, can you can you put this in practice? Do you have a practical example? I mean, this is maybe this is an yeah. argument, or maybe you have a just to bring that into reality. Like, oh yeah, thanks, Doc. <laughs> you know, thanks, yeah, Captain yeah, Obvious. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, there's a. I always give the example of something that happened to me. So, um, I just I just visited my dad. Then I drove home, and I lived yeah. in an apartment building. I got home, and I realized I left my wallet at his house, and. I'm thinking of like, also like, you know, this is me when I was um, like 30, I think. So, you know, still a little more mature than, than I was in my 20s. My 20-year-old self probably would have flipped out and started, you know, pounding the, the, the seats and just getting all mad and all of that. And then I thought like, and I wanted to do that. I wanted to tear my entire car apart. I was like, ah, you stupid moron. How could you leave your wallet at your dad's place? But what I did is I said, okay, first I'm going to accept the fact that right now, I'm feeling this. And what I actually had to do was realize what am I actually feeling? And it wasn't actually anger. You know what it was? It was terror. It was fear. Fear and shame. I lost it. Yeah. I'd lost my wallet. So, I mean, and, and you know, my dad has given me so many talks about how important money is, you know, and, and how I should be more careful with my stuff. And then I leave my wallet at his house. And, and I just felt this welling up of shame, this welling up of anger. And in fact, the anger was me trying to not feel the shame. It was me trying to really deflect that away and punch my car and direct it into something else instead of actually experiencing what I was feeling. So what I did is I sat there and accepted, okay, I feel ashamed. I feel really, really scared and ashamed that I could have done this. And then I'm checking in my body. Okay, what's my body doing? It's my heart is pounding. My, you know, my lungs are, you know, I could even feel my breath being a little short, that kind of thing. I could feel that my face was all scrunched up. And then I said, okay, now I'm going to release that. I'm going to open that up and just stay in this moment with this feeling. Then I engaged with the outside world. I, I noticed my car. I noticed how cold it was outside. I noticed how the heat in, uh, you know, in my you car. You noticed a crowd forming around your car. Like, what's that guy exactly, doing? <laughs> exactly. Who's this, this guy doing? Um, and then, yeah, it passed. And then I drove home and I got my wallet. Yeah. You know, instead of, destroying my car i'd say that's a win <laughs> well and, and there's other things you could go home but should i call my dad like literally if you, if you play that out yeah. the other side yeah. of it is you get home and you get back inside and like ah i gotta you know yep. I, I don't want to tell my dad i want to tell because he you know i know how he feels about these things and that that would be the rumination where it just go you oh, turn exactly. it over to your head and you get well, to you the know point what happened where, too like I, I just went up to my dad and i'm like oh i forgot my wallet and he goes ha ah, and we, he just left and then that was it 
Yeah. It wasn't this protracted thing that I was making up in my head, you know? So, yeah. So I, the fear, the yeah, fear, the fear is, is worse than the actual result. The, and, and your perception of what would what happen was worse. And that's like you said, the shame and the, the kind of anger. Uh, yeah, I let him down or, yeah. Yeah. There's a really great quote. Uh, there's this Roman uh, philosopher named Seneca. At least I think it was Seneca that said this. But he said, there are far more things in this world that will scare us then we'll crush us, right? We create a lot of this fear. We create a lot of the things that we're afraid of when in fact, it really didn't have to go that far. It really didn't have, I didn't have to make it that, I didn't have to stress myself out yeah. as much as I did, you know? And that's where I find mindfulness is so helpful to sort of snap out of that. Now, this is the thing about this. It's, it's a practice. It's not gonna happen every time and then sometimes you'll try and be mindful and it's just not going to work and sometimes that means you know a whole plethora of things it could mean that you're actually really hungry it could mean that you're really tired or maybe you're sick or maybe you're stressing yourself out because you're pushing yourself too hard but if you keep doing this over and over again, if you keep on trying this technique over and over again it gets easier and easier and easier to the point where you know a stressful thing will happen and you won't have this massive reaction and you'll be able to get over it faster I can just see this such practical applications, say in a business setting, when there's that argument or there's a business meeting and, you know, you, you there's accusations or inspected almost as, as you said, the self, we feel disrespected, whether it's a real accusation or not, but where that, what, you know, that tipping point, I just, you know, there's probably several examples yeah. I could use, but, you know, do you have a, th have you had clients where they say, you know, work situation, you know, Cody, I really just didn't know how to deal with this. Do you, do, you, mm -hmm. do you have something, you know what I mean? Like in that situation, what would you have done differently? Is this, because I could see it working, except that yeah. I'm, I'm wrong, except that I missed the financial, the whatever it was, and then right. check check my body, how's my body? This could probably, I could see that. I'm just giving you my rundown of, of a situation. And then I'm looking around and they, they're waiting for me to respond, right? That's, you yeah. almost feel embarrassed then. Well, and that, that embarrassment is coming up. It's, it's, welling up inside of you at that point right you can ask yourself what am i making that mean you know am i making that mean that i'm a terrible employee or you know or am i making that mean that uh you know i feel really intimidated by this job i feel really intimidated by my boss or something that's the thing though it's like if you really think about what you're not doing and let's say it's just sending an email that's all you're not doing. You're you're just not, not sending an email, but you're creating all of this other stuff that's yeah. attached to it. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that, you know, maybe your boss is abusive. And if they are, then you know, that's what you should be looking at. You should be, you know, probably confronting that kind of stuff. But if you find yourself avoiding something that you know you gotta do, that you know, that it's not abusive, but it's just sort of there, you should really attend to that. You should really look in inward and go like, hey. It, why am I feeling this way? What am I making that mean? How long ago have I felt this? Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. I think we're, I think we're almost out of time. I, I might have to go here in a bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, let, let's conclude. Like, what do you, what are some last thoughts, Dan? You know, this is, we've talked with about stresses and, and being in the present. What do you, what mm -hmm. would you like the listeners to go away with from, you know, from today's discussion? Any last words that you want to say? Last word I'll say. Last you, words. Yeah. Chinese last words the 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 thing the theme of the month for me and and last month just with all of my clients lately has been 
don't try and fight the emotion and don't try and change and control what other people's emotions are. What you should be doing is really feeling them and accepting them and understanding that that's, it, it's not going to determine your life. It's not going to control you. What will control you are all of these other things you're trying to do to not feel those emotions. Okay. Well, Cody, this has been, you know, for me, it's been, it's in, it's been engaging. Um, I, I do like the, I still like the analogy to the roommate, <laughs> the ruminate. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you should. Not... I, I don't know. We're going to have to work on, we'll, we'll talk to Daniel off, Danny McMillan offline okay. and how we can bring that. I think there's a, there's an opportunity to make this into a, a an animated, you know, for your clients and more general. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> where that roommate comes around with you everywhere you go. Cause it is, as you said, there's right. probably something in your past life. We're four, di four dimensional, uh, yeah. Captain Kirk can, you can bring Captain Kirk and yeah, you know, Captain Kirk can be there. body and yeah. yeah. From the okay. Well, Cody, thanks a lot for, for today. And, uh, I, I look forward to further discussions. All right. Sounds good. Have a good, right. have a good Talk weekend. Cheers. You too.